Welcome everybody to the Low Key Podcast. We are Tim Malloy, Keith Denny, and Aaron Lanton. We are back after a little bit of a break. I was traveling a lot. Keith was traveling a lot. Uh, Aaron was dealing with some health stuff. Glad you're back. Um, yeah, we had a lot going on and we just needed to find something to watch. We were going to do Saw 10. Uh, that was a whole thing. Um, Got to go to a theater to see Saw 10. I guess it's called Saw X. And so we figured out, hey, look, No Hard Feelings is on Netflix. This looks like a pleasant watch. Let's give it a shot. And we gave it a shot. Um, what did everybody think? Why don't we start with Keith? I feel like one thing, I, as what you were mentioning, stuff that we were supposed to watch, I, I think at one point we were supposed to watch The Creator, too. And I oh, yeah. asked movies to go see that film. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, did anybody else go see The Creator? I- man, I was sick as a dog. I could, I could I didn't make actually, it. <laughs> I actually like that movie. I mean, people, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just... People were hating on it, but I, I got to see it for myself still. I've heard it's <laughs> absolutely terrible, and it's amazing. Like, I've heard both sides. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of one of those things. Because sometimes I think about a movie, I'm like, man, what I have... Okay, with the with the 12-year-old, 13-year-old me like this film. And and sometimes that's, that's where I'm kind of like on the middle ground with it, you know? And I, I don't know, it's cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as no hard feelings, like... My biggest thoughts on this film, I don't know what you guys think is that it was it was a it was a um what what we talk about like a good hang for me personally. Um I know that there was um I guess apparently certain controversy about this film. Yeah, that she's oh, a oh, groomer. Oh, yeah, she's a groomer, that's funny. She's allegedly a groomer, yeah. Okay. You know what's weird? I, I wonder about when people make certain comments about films, how they actually seen the film before they made yeah, it. Definitely mm-hmm. not. yeah yeah that that definitely helps not. <laughs> you know but because to me it's something that i mean it's kind of certain things about this film that i found to be heartwarming or sweet in certain elements you know but it's also like a raunchy movie and like whatever happened to like raunchy movies is like we can't make them anymore i guess you know um I don't know. It's just I think when I when I because I didn't know so much controversy about it. When I heard about, it, I was like, "Well, that's 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 a shame because some people could be missing out on the. I mean, it's not the most amazing film ever written, made or anything, but you know, might maybe something that they could might enjoy or something that someone could really take something from. But because somebody said that it was um, uh, distasteful in some type of way, that people agreed that oh, I'm just not going to see this film. But just think about some of the, I don't know, some of our favorite movies, people growing up were raunchy type of movies, you know? And I don't even remember the last time I seen a movie where I was like, oh, uh, or or even stuff that's kind of like funny, you know? Yeah. I don't know about you guys. When was the last time you just went to the movies and just laughed out loud type thing? It's like, that doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, not a whole. I mean, well, comedies aren't considered as profitable lately, so people don't take as many chances on them. Right, because you get canceled if you have a joke in it that people are not <laughs> feeling. Or it's like it's like you got to be politically correct in a in a comedy, which in turn would make the comedy not funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so, I don't know. And 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 with this, I thought it was cool. That's my that's my overall thing. And that's, <laughs> 
and and also it was been a while since I seen Jennifer Lawrence in something where I felt like she wanted to be there. I guess because mm. mm. yep, yep, I think yep. the last movie I seen her in had to been like um, that last X Men movie, and she really didn't look like she wanted to be there. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, not, she had done a billion of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like her 18th X Men movie by that point, huh? Right. She was just sick of it. They started so strong. They really did, though. Man, not her fault. Nope. I, I feel like we talk about X Men now, like every um <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, if people knew what's going on in the comics, I going on that, but that that's a whole another thing. Rocco's about to go away. So sad. But yeah. um. Real quick about this movie too, like I um I really do I think this movie like this is one of um I mean I look like, I haven't seen a ton of comedies lately, like there's not a ton of comedies that I but I do think this is an above average comedy for what we've gotten recently. Um, you know, it was funny saying you mentioned that she really wanted to be there. I'm gonna see anything Matthew Broderick's in, so I was really excited <laughs> for that. Um and, and you know, did not disappoint. <laughs> uh, always, always funny stuff when, when he's present. Um, I actually really liked um, An- uh, Andrew Barth Feldman, who, who plays Percy, who's the the son that's getting hooked up in this case. Um, yeah. I hadn't seen him in stuff prior to this, mostly because he's been in like musical things, um, like high school musical sort of things, and like I think one other film. But I, I thought, you know, really cool performance from Andrew. Um, that uh, rendition of Man Eater was pretty yeah. awesome. Beautiful. That was pretty awesome. I, I, I got to put that on. I would say I'm putting this on a playlist. Yeah, I was singing to myself in the house. <laughs> I, I watched that and then rewound it and watched it again. Like, that thing was ridiculous. It was really it was good. Great singing, too. Really yeah. good. Um, comedically, really, they, they had some really good chemistry, uh, he and Jennifer Lawrence. Like, that, I mean... If I were him in that situation, being as awkward as I would have been at that age, I probably would have uh, maced her too. But that was, that was such a fun, goofy ass beginning to, you know, their relationship. And you know, I just really overall, um, I, I like the vibe of the movie. I think it even there are ways in which it's a, a, a good time. Like when we go back and look at this movie, um. You know, years from now, decades from now, two decades from now, we will feel the impact of like, like, oh, I remember that time when everybody was like, damn, like, I can't afford a house or things are just going on. Like, actually, I just had my taxes go up and I didn't realize my mortgage was going to go. I was like, oh, damn, (laughs) that was more than I thought it would be. Um, But it's just fun. Like, as you get older, some of the stuff just makes more sense to you. Like, if I were 19 watching this, I'd be like, that doesn't mean anything, but I have a mortgage and I'm going, oh my goodness, I get it now. Uh, so some of stuff is kind of funny, but I, I did think it was really cool being able to, to, to so I don't think a lot of people would have wanted to play this role necessarily, at least not the way this character is set up for Jennifer Lawrence. Where, oh, she's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where she's very vulnerable in so many different ways. It's not just the fact that, you know, she doesn't make a lot of money and she's living in basically like the summertime where rich people come through and then they dip and they just kind of forget about the people who are left behind and not just in the ways of like, we show up and we leave, but we have affairs, have children and we leave, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a very interesting decision. Like to have your character have the typical 
flaw of I don't like to get close to people, but also on top of that, it's like it's because I've been abandoned and it was hard for me to get over that. Um, I mean, like I, I thought that that felt like a real genuine human thing that for characters in, in movies like this, we don't always get a lot of. Uh, but I thought Jennifer Lawrence pulled that off well. And also just the what I would consider an embarrassing situation to have to go through as somebody in your early 30s going to high school parties for yeah. whatever the reason would be. You know what I mean? That's a, and they didn't play that moment simply for jokes. Like it is awkward. It is weird. And, and they let you feel that. And I don't think a lot of actresses even would have wanted those scenes. Well, at least not them played the way they were. Um, yeah, so no one wants to acknowledge their age after they're like 30. Yeah, oh, even that part after he does the man of your scene and then that young girl uh, who's also awesome going to Princeton comes up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, nice meeting you, ma'am, or how she put that. It's like, ooh. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of tension and it, it's cleverly written. I, I thought... This movie yeah. did a lot of things that were, that were really good. Uh, it's not perfect by any means, but you know, in a lot of ways, like I said, it it, it has a, a good amount of heart, um, and it's not a groomer movie. I don't think I'd put it that way. Also, they they purposely make the kid nineteen ninety two. They they just try to do yeah, some I mean, things to, to make yeah. it as is is less awkward as it can possibly be, um, or least awkward, I guess I should say. But I think it's it's a solid movie and. and um, pulls off a lot of things he wants to do pretty well. Um, yeah, and it kind of what's the word I'm thinking? It, like subverts type um, um, expectations of what you might think for like certain moves like that. Because normally, you know, for example, even the simple thing of like him being the teen teen boy, pretty much every movie with a teen boy in some type of way he's horny, yeah. like mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and especially if an older woman is like. A older woman that's particularly um, attractive or whatever is throwing herself on him. That would be like this whole thing. Like I was thinking of when I was watching, as I'm saying this, I was thinking about the movie on Weird Science, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know they create this hot woman that kind of almost works as a, I guess, a manic pixie dream girl, but genie type of character arc, right? Yeah. And whereas in this film, uh, the older hot woman is is extremely flawed for one. And she's trying to throw herself on him to have sex with him, but he's not horny. Like he's not that average teen boy. That's like, I'm just going to take it because you're throwing it me type thing. I want to get to know you. I want to see who you are, you know? Yeah. And that, that was different. I, I haven't, I mean, maybe I'm sure it exists in other movies. I just haven't seen it too much in a movie before. And just seeing how those characters grow, you know, throughout the film, how they grow, you know, together, how they grow individually and things like that. It, I don't know. It, it was a little bit, um, in certain cases, it was better than I thought it would be, honestly. I got to say, though, I mean, I bust out laughing. when he punched her in the throat and then he was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready to have sex now. <laughs> and then when she was in the car and she has the beer can and she had to she's like, Ugh. Amazing. He's like, I never heard you on purpose. He's like, I do. Just on like a joke level, there's a lot of really good jokes in the movie. Like really good, funny laugh out loud. Oh, even even the scene, which I I was like, they're not gonna do this when uh they go skinny dipping and she gets out the water and they CGI her body and she's like beating up all the, the teenagers trying to take their clothes. I actually I don't feel like I properly saw this scene because I saw it on a plane and it was definitely like heavily edited. 
Um, like I saw that part on a plane and then I saw the second half of the movie, like basically from Man Eater on, I saw on Netflix. So I feel like I should, everybody tells me like how funny that scene is in its original version. And I don't know. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Nah, I, I, I got a kick out of that. It, it's, it's, it, I mean, they just, they choose to do things that you're like, they're not going to do that. And they yeah. like, oh, okay. That was fun. I, li- I like this movie a lot. I, uh, I agree. It's a really good time capsule, not just of like, it has like a very like rom-com gentle way of dealing with like housing crisis type of stuff. Like mm-hmm. it yeah, makes it kind yeah. of light, but it's a real thing of like when people get bought out of their houses, where are they supposed to go? Um, And then, you know, uh, gig economy for sure. But then the other big thing that it seems to be really mm-hmm. concerned with is this idea that the younger generation is like too sensitive and too delicate and they can't handle anything and -hmm. what's going to happen to them like when they're on the real world and this movie like kind of it starts off making fun of them which is it gets some great jokes in it the andrew barth feldman character for sure but at the end it takes a side um it does Uh and his sincerity like runs out and it kind of it makes me think of this argument about like quote-unquote snowflakes where it's like well are they just you know babies who need to adapt to the real world or are they actually trying to change the world by objecting to stuff that like gen x would go like whatever people are going to just fucking be whatever uh, that wasn't the most articulate way of explaining it. <laughs> no 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 but, but okay but, but to, to your goes, point though to your point just, but gen just, X just goes really like, quick... hey look you're gonna have to deal with like there's there's racist people out there there's sexist people out there like people are going to make comments you don't like that's life just move on um just be tough but then on the other hand they're like well or you could try to change it right. and in a way it's kind of i totally make fun of oversensitive people all the time but there's something braver about trying to change it than just being like oh just roll with it whatever and and, and to your point there's another way in which it functions too that i found so fascinating and again like the movie could choose not to do this but like they're making very intentional decisions on certain stuff that um I just appreciate them choosing to do a thing when they didn't have to do it at all. So like when um okay, she goes to the the Princeton party and they say something about how she's old, the the some of the older guys, us older, well, the, the you know, guys who who were there who were teenagers, and they say something about her being old, and she says something about them sleeping together, and they go, So I mean, what if we did? Right. What if we did? I mean, so what if if we as two guys slept together? What about it? And she's like, "Oh well," because in her day, that's just a joke you would just <laughs> right. say, and then everybody would move on. Yeah. But now they're like, "No, no, 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 no. say more." Like, yeah. if you really think it's a big deal, and she's like, "Well, no, I was just saying, it was just a joke. I was just." Yeah. It, it's just such a funny thing. Like, it, I mean, like she's a, not that much older, but there is a generational clash that well, no, is she, happening right there with how we would tell those jokes then and how we look at that stuff now. I guess when you think about it, she is that much older than them because, like, just like with me, I was thinking, like, man, I really ain't got nothing in common with a 25-year-old. Most times with people mm-hmm. that's, like, late 20s, like, I have a conversation with someone in their, in their late 20s, and I realize, like, we're kind of we we on different wavelengths <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so so there is that difference and I was thinking about that too as you were talking like even in that same scene when she was going into each bedroom and and she was like do anybody 
even like have sex anymore at these parties. Yeah, they like do virtual reality and all this other stuff. Yeah, they playing yeah. video games and shit. And so um <laughs> I was thinking that even the like if we want to say like kind of like what is the raunchy nature of the film, all of that is more so perpetuated by the older generation. Yes. Yeah. The, the older generation is like you need you need to go out and have sex. I mean, back in my day, that's what I did, and that's why the parents even come with this cockamamie scheme in the first place. Yeah, but but so that that that's also interesting. Like if you look at so, what would that generation be? I'm trying to think. Is it the boomer? That's not the boomer generation. I mean, they're Gen like X, older I guess. Gen X. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, so, in, so. in Ferris, I mean, Matthew Broderick is like the most Gen X guy there is, kind of. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Gen X, to me, I think the Gen X generation, the millennial generation, have like certain similarities. I guess cross from each other, right? But Gen Z is like this whole other thing. Oh, I feel like millennials are as a Gen Xer. I feel like millennials are the one. That everybody hate. Okay, I feel like for a while everybody hated millennials, and that and it were like millennials are soft, millennials are babies, and then Gen Z came in, and then for a while Gen Xers were like, finally, like <laughs> you get us, like we're cool, Gen X, Gen Z, and now it's kind of like millennials are like almost morphing into Gen X, and right. Gen Z are like the ones who everybody like you're the ones who are too sensitive, and I feel like every generation just does that, right. where you go you guys have no idea what you're talking about. You're a bunch of idiots. Just you wait. And then whoever the next generation is, you know, we they make... inherit the curse. Yeah. It's like being young is hard. Like I was just thinking about today, like why young people aren't is often bad. It's like, it's a combination of you think you've discovered all this stuff for the first time. And you're also really passionate about making everyone else feel that way too. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, this song that you're that you think is so good, I've heard this song a hundred million times. Like, yeah, I heard oh, this that's song. That's a weird feeling. Alanis Morissette did it, and then before that, the song when you know Madonna did it, and then before that, when Diana Ross did it, and then before that, when and it just like goes back and back and back. But you know, when people hear like Taylor Swift for the first time, they're like, she's a genius. And you're like, like not, you're not saying she's up. bad. It's just that she's just updating something that somebody else has done. Yeah, it may that that stuff will make you feel. The weird thing too is like in hip hop, Memphis has been like the foundation of the sound for so long, and it is not recognized for it. And if you're from Memphis and you you were there in the early '90s when that was taking place, and then you see Atlanta get all the credit, you're like, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> like so. There's so it's much. So I mean, weird. it's Joker. Basically, it's like when people see Joker and they're like, "Oh, Joker's the greatest movie ever made." It's like, no, Taxi Driver's the best movie ever made. Joker's <laughs> just ripping off Taxi Driver, like, and and like. I mean, blatantly, like it isn't like it it's trying to. It, it isn't like they're pretending that they're doing it new. They're like, this is our homage to Taxi Driver. Like, this is a very obvious homage. So wait a minute, what is? I know Joker 2 is being called a musical. So what is its inspiration supposed to be? Maybe it's New York, New York. That'd be really funny. Oh, Jesus. If it's the next Scorsese movie out there. Send up a woman or something. That'd be pretty funny. So, like, okay, I wonder, do you guys think No Hard Feelings will, like, influence stuff that comes after it? I don't think it made that much money. Um, Like, because it had, I just saw that it had, and I'm not saying these numbers are exactly right, but... Mm. According to the internet, it had a budget of about forty-five million, and it made about fifty million domestically, and I think eighty-six million global, which just isn't that. It made money back. It did, but not like incredible block. And it's not like Barbie money, 
Um, yeah. We're like Barbie money. You're like, okay, they're definitely going to start doing more movies like this. Like they're going to try. I think like, they like when a movie's successful, we know another one's coming. Like that feels yeah. kind of crappy to me. I mean, I'm happy for Barbie. I, I yeah, me, me too. But I, just, I feel like that should be influenced. Like say, oh, let's take more chances. Not let's oh, yeah. do another one. Yeah, no. I think, I think <laughs> the thing that I always take in consideration with film industry is just another business at the end of the day. Yeah, know? it is. Yeah. You know, and and have have these people that's running it, they don't care about the creative stuff. And that's that's why Marvel is and I had producing I don't want to say garbage, but so the, the analogy I always think of, like I was t- telling my wife, I bet at one point in time, McDonald's burgers were like some of the best damn burgers you'd ever get in your life, right? And when the first one or two restaurants were around, right? Mm-hmm. But the more that they started to expand and commercialize and everything, the more the flavor, the more the ingredients, everything started to become diluted to the point that, like I always say, I didn't, Anytime I've ever stepped into McDonald's, I ain't never smelled burgers before. And to me, that's something that's discerning. <laughs> yeah. I'm at a burger place and I don't smell burgers, but I'm sure back in the day you walked in there, you smelled them greasy-ass burgers. I bet it was like stepping into, um, Aaron, what's our place on back home? Dixie Queen. Dixie Queen, yeah, I knew you probably so think We got McDonald's fries two nights ago and still hold up. Like, Yeah, that, but, but, but you know, but it's some and some stuff is gonna still hold up. But I think the thing is that like over time, things things become diluted. Like you know, yeah. it just because it 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 becomes all about the money at a certain point versus the quality. Totally. Well, I do think at the very least, this movie maybe it doesn't influence up in that way. But I do think it's gonna be a springboard for Andrew Andrew Barth Feldman to do some other things. I, I think the. And the writer, Gene Stepinski, and the guy who he worked with, he worked on The Office. Uh-huh. Like, he is a tight writer. Like, he did some very mm-hmm. smart things mm-hmm. and, like, crafted this very nicely and can make a gigantic, I, I'm convinced, can make a gigantic hit movie. Like, he kind of, like, he kind of handicapped himself a little bit in this climate of, like, people on Twitter fucking movies before they come out. Mm-hmm. Um and the whole groomer thing and all that, which was just absolute nonsense. I think that probably hurt the movie and people were like, I don't want to be perceived as like going to a pervy bad movie. Um, but if you actually sit down and watch it, it's not that at all, of course. And it like has smart things to say and it's a thoughtful and fun and good movie like all around. So yeah, I, don't, I think, I think so. if, he, if he didn't have that handicap of like t- a sort of tough subject matter, I think he'd be, able to totally fly the other thing is like that's what i like about this movie is that it uses like the controversy or the the shock aspect as the hook and brings you in and then does something different than what you're expecting which i just i don't know i like a movie like that i thought it was cool yeah and also just it, it, it's light on this criticism of this but just giving the helicopter appearance some crap yeah totally and they learn their lesson yeah. and they're not terrible people no, they're not terrible people by any means. You know, they they're just, just annoying. They, they, yeah, they're really annoying, and they, you know, it's. I don't. Know, I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty endearing in a lot of ways to handle that. The other thing I think is gonna be really cool too for this movie is I feel like this is a, um. And I, I mean, it, it's different for, for different people's careers, but I feel like for Jennifer Lawrence, like this is a transition period of going okay. 
I'm playing grown people now. Yeah, From what now, I... from now on, I play grown people. What I always liked about her is that she always kind of played it like jaded mm -hmm. and like winking. And this is all nonsense. And I don't know. I think it came through. Not the Hunger Games, really, where she's kind of like serving a franchise. But I mean, Keith and I are kind of. I don't know about you, Aaron, but like giant fans of Silver Linings Playbook. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. the character she plays in that, who's like gritty and has problems. Yeah. She was like 23. Three or something around that time. Like she yeah, she's that, she's huh. always had that kind of stuff in her. Yeah, but she's been like you said, start you know, kind of doing things for franchises for for quite a while, and then you know she's taking a break. She's come back and and tried some different things, and I think this is an opportunity for her. I mean, she's always been an interesting comedic actress anyway. Yeah. Um, but I I do think this is a sort of role where she's like I'm spreading my wings. I'm doing a, you know like keeping you. Clearly, since she likes, like she really was enjoying the role and doing something she wanted to do, and I think she feels that um, autonomy to, to like, like, okay, I'm Jennifer Lawrence. I can pick the movie I want to do. Like, I actually, like, I am, you know, I am on some Will Smith shit in the '90s. I, I can pick what I want to do. Yeah, and I don't have to do anything in particular. I don't feel like doing so. This is the time where you don't pull a Jamie Foxx, you don't pull a rock, you find some good stuff to do, and you don't just go only do stuff with your buddies. You go try to find roles that are going to give you some interesting stuff to do. Like, it's actually still been crazy to me. Like, I feel like uh, they cloned Tyrone, for example, like, was a good thing for Jamie Foxx, but it's just, I can't tell you how many times I watched the movie, and I'm like, damn, that was a mess. Like, <laughs> it's just so weird for, There's a for couple certain people. There's some actors who've like gotten into that Netflix machine of like it it's almost like, yeah, we have this script. Uh it was written by committee. We have this thing ready to go. We have this these sets. There's gonna be a lot of aerials of LA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these people live in a three million dollar house. Um they're having marital problems. There's some like big hook overall. Uh mm. we're acting like they're just regular people, but again, they live in a three million dollar house in LA. Um, you can't stop lag. There's a certain movie. I know you're not like specific. Well, like, old Dad's kind of but, fits into it. Like, like I was thinking old Dad's. I like I like old Dad's for the most part. But like that other movie, um, you people kind of did it too, where it's like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, he he has a podcast, and they just <laughs> have a together. The movie I did that, that's so funny because like I know you were thinking this was specifically, but it's that one on Netflix that. Uh, where uh, Jane Fox is a vampire hunter and Snoop Dogg is there too. Oh yeah, and some other people. And like, there's that moment where like he has like keep scraping for teeth, but then like this woman who is the mother of his child is like, "We need your help getting some money." But they live in like this fucking oh, mansion essentially. They live in like, a five bedroom. <laughs> he's like, "What is even going on?" Like, <laughs> I don't think I think Netflix executives. They have um, no clue how much things cost. And don't understand like what cows is in LA. They're cow. like the blues. They're like, how much is uh, are bananas? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, God bless them, you know? Good for you guys. But yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. Every time I see one of these houses, I'm like, that is not where like a teacher and a cop live. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's the whole fringe things too. We're like yeah. they, they're living in like some crazy apartment in the middle of Manhattan. 
but Netflix it's, is like, we don't want to bum people out. Let's just pretend that this is the house you get, like by the beach. Man, it's so funny. Like that stuff be tripping me out. It's so hilarious. But that's why it's funny to watch No Hard Feelings like dive so head first into it. And then it was like funny because like she wasn't just hating on the rich people. She had a real reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a legitimate ass reason. Yeah. That. So yeah, there are ways in which it handles some of this stuff that like you just laugh at all the time, but then it's like, oh, okay, I can see why this person's kind of like got a complex you know like I, I i i buy this this doesn't feel like bullshit you know like it's not just like a character trait that this wacky character must have like you know there's there's a, a deep-rooted reason for it that's legitimate so i mean it, it's it's a basic thing you need to think through how to make that work but putting in that work i do appreciate as an audience member and making and connecting it to how things are functioning right now you know yeah. It's better. It's definitely better than it had to be. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I definitely think so. I really love that damn. Uh, I know we keep going back to it, but that scene with uh, Man Eater, it's so good. That kid's so talented. I just hope he keeps getting to do stuff. I went back and listened to the original song, and I love Hollow Notes, but it's better than the original song. Oh, I ain't doing <laughs> that though. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I like it a lot. I just that, that, that that's your now that's your generation. I'm I'm gonna let what? you do that one. Like what? if somebody was flowing better than Jig, I I throw something like that. It lets you appreciate the writing of the song a lot more. When you yes, it. yes, it does. It does. That's, that's the that's the whole deal with it. Is sometimes a a, a good cover because it's like I never really heard the words. I realized totally. I'm hearing the beat more when I'm normally listening to Man Eater. Yeah, but you too, like that. I'm like, damn, there's some lyrics right there. Oh man, people, it's, people used to be good. writing. The yeah, fact it, that they're about her character also, and she like, does she pick up on that or not? Is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, and it hurts. It hurts though yeah. to watch it happen. And the thing is, what I love about it too is he might have genuinely not known what that song meant, <laughs> but he did so when he when when he went and studied. He knew what the fuck that song meant. And that's what was so cool about it. Like, I really did appreciate that he has his own ways of communicating. He's not all... Percy, as a character, is not a blunt person. He he doesn't want... He don't want smoke. Mm-hmm. But he gonna let you know that he's caught on to stuff in his own way. And I mm-hmm. appreciated that when we come back to Man Eater, he's playing it there, and you are really listening to it, his cover of it, I mean, she definitely, she she feels something from it, but like he's communicating in his own way. You know, don't 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 do this to me. Even if you read it as he hasn't really picked up on what's happening yet, but subconsciously he's figured out what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And even yeah. if she doesn't understand at the moment that he's done that, it still works. And I, because we know, and I also love that they never talk about it afterwards. They're never like that song. That's about me. Like that's. There's so much stuff where they don't overexplain it. Like even the part with finger traps where she's like, I had to push out in order to get, I had to push in in order to pull out. Like right. mm-hmm. that was so like, basic, but yeah. But they could have like dwelled on it and like held the camera and like she's like gonna cry before she says it. <laughs> Just kind of throws it away and then put the and camera like, on the finger trap for, for five seconds. But then instead they like play it with the dick joke, which is great, which was also in the Eric Andre movie. Uh, bad trip i think it was they do a finger trap thing which is really funny Um, but there's like 
they do like this really gross joke and you're like that's how you're gonna bring it back great and then they also have like sort of a thoughtful version that they sort of throw away and you can take mm-hmm. it but it doesn't hurt the movie if you're like nah that metaphor doesn't work like the movie still works and i don't know i just i also like the thing with her cop boyfriend at the end like there's just there's mm-hmm. a lot of cute good smart good writing in there yeah it it, it is like i'm not gonna insult you audience member mm-hmm. like if you catch it swell if you don't it's cool we're just gonna keep going and i think it, like having that confidence you know in your film and your script um really can elevate something i think in some ways and, and let you kind of come to, and it just even like the moment we were saying about man either and them never going back and being like oh man like and the same time you man, i really was feeling something from that like they they do what they're doing enough with how the scene is structured for you to get that vibe and read into it what you would like to read into it Totally. But you know it ain't just straight up. It's just being played and that's it. And and I think that, you know, more uh, filmmakers could, could do more of that. I just uh, Googled to confirm that Hollow Notes did write Maneater and that they didn't just perform it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stand by that. I think this kid's cover is better <laughs> than their version. But that's a testament to the that's how that's a testament to what good writers they are. It's like they yeah. wrote that song to make it a hit in 1982 or something, and it still totally works as a song now, maybe even better. And right. that's, I I mean, there's so much craft in so many Hall & songs. Like, I think they're really kind of killers. Well, I think typically when you write um, and you use nature, mm-hmm. you know, things can feel more universal. They can last longer. And that's one of the reasons a lot of the, the classic poetry uh, vibe so well was well, like somebody like Elizabeth Bear Browning who wrote like the original love sonnets like the reason that stuff you know lingers for so long with us you know talking about you know how much how much do I love you let me count the ways and then she's going through it it's all these things that we can still ascribe to things from like going outside and, and like really still experiencing through our senses how these things function for us and what they bring to us like that is you know, like people who who felt the vibe of the sun and, and like how that that feels for them hundreds of years ago, we can still feel that now. And like, there's mm-hmm. something about that that is that lingers, um, in in their lyrics and writing style, and and that's definitely an example of this particular song. So, um, anyway, um, we we've said a lot about the film. Anything else to to mention before we close up shop on this one? I also like the Nelly Furtado man eater. I don't remember that one. <laughs> it's on the big album from like 2007 that has like 17 great singles. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. the one with all the classics that that's like her, uh, her Beyonce's uh, Renaissance. Yeah. What is that? Oh, album? I say Renaissance Lemonade, Lemonade, Lord, and the Beehive come after us. Yeah, I don't want the Beehive to come after me, but uh, that Nelly Furtado album is better than Lemonade. Okay, sorry, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm not, okay. Up for right. debate. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely better visual album from, from uh, Lemonade, though. All right, Keith, uh, on your side, anything to add before we uh, close up? No, not really. Just 
Uh, you know, just wishing for, you know, the Hollywood to producers to be open to, you know, take take a little bit of chances, you know, with certain films and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was something that it just, I don't know, it just felt a little old and fresh at the same time. And, you know, especially with how things are in this day and age, some stuff like that can be refreshing. So. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I concur with those things. This is, if you guys, hopefully, I mean, we spoke quite a bit. There's a lot in this movie. I still think if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. It's on Netflix today. Um, and for whatever period it'll be there, there's this license. But yeah, it's it's a really solid film. Definitely recommend it. And I hope we see more chances, as you guys said, with with um, things like this, different premises, premise Maybe we'll even get... Um, I can't think of her name, but the the woman who play who's um oh my goodness okay on insecure the best friend of Issa, um Molly. so that yes Molly thank you guys I'm kidding so but the, but the the actual actress I don't know if you guys have heard like she's uh still a virgin she's thirty nine years old and so some people have been pitching maybe she should do the next forty year old version. Which would be a pretty good version or virgin? I said virgin, virgin, because you know she's still a virgin. She's thirty nine. Okay, you could have her in a sequel. There's a really good movie called The Forty Year Old Version. Okay, what's that one about? It's about uh, I forget her name. She's a rapper. No, she's like a. Oh, I know what you're talking about. She's like a dramatist who is struggling to get her plays made, and then she reinvents herself as a rapper. It's I have not seen this yet. It's great. It's very like '90s hip hop. Like, it looks like a Diggable Planets video. Like, like it's shot in black and white by this guy. I think it's Eric Bronco who shot it. She's a super director. She's a super writer. Um, I don't know why I'm forgetting her name right now because I interviewed her and I really like her. It's uh, everyone can hold on. By the way, that Nelly Furtado album is called Loose. It's from 2006, and it's absolutely terrific. He's gonna be working out to that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 40 year old version. It kind of came out like in the middle of COVID, like early. Yeah, COVID. I remember that. Um, her name is Rada Blank. Rada Blank. Yeah. All right. And so, where can it can it be watched? It, I believe that's on Netflix. Even that's though. what I thought. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I just wanted to double check just in case we want to check it out. Yeah, okay. awesome. And her and her hip hop name is Rodimus Prime, which come on. That's that cool. is the dopest. <laughs> the dopest. Rodimus Prime. There's also this video out of Quest Love showing back in the day how a black thought could imitate all these different rappers from the 90s. It's oh. so insane. Like he even played with Papa Q Tip and Q Tip was like, I don't remember recording that. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. He 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 did uh Quest Love, he did Old Dirty Bastard, he did uh Oh man, um, I'm not, this escaped me. A couple other people too, but I mean, sounds just like them, and and like they were really like studying everybody in in the, in the genre and trying to understand kind of scientifically like their cadence and their delivery and their lyrical styles and how they were rhyme scheme and all that. Um, this is really fascinating. I forgot why I just brought that up, but um, well, great cool video. You spun me into something else when you mentioned Questlove because I listened to an incredible podcast today. Um, Fahim Anwar is a guy who does these. I only know him like from Instagram jokes. He has like yeah. a very good Instagram, um, like one minute jokes. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, does this guy have a podcast? And I listened to his podcast. It's him talking about getting invited to Questlove's game night. And basically like playing Uno with Megan Thee Stallion. And like a play-by-play of how the Uno went. What the f- <laughs> It's one of the best things I've ever heard. It's so, it's like, I'm transfixed. This is so good. That's fine. Like how he got invited. What happens when you get there? Who sponsors the the game night? Dude, New York is like the the weirdest place in the world. Huh? New York is the weirdest place in the world, man. This was the LA game night, I guess. Oh goodness, yeah, I I can't imagine. That was a whole other vibe. Is it just like like just the proximity to all these sorts of people? Even just like when you're a normal person, it's just so crazy. But I know. Anyway, all right, man. We're gonna head out. Keith, where can people find us on the socials? On Instagram at the low key pod. All right, perfect. Tim, anything to plug real quick before we head out? Uh, for Human Waters podcast, the 40 year old version, and a Nelly Furtado's Loose. Boom. All right, good workout music and, and listening stuff, everybody. Uh, we will holler at y'all on the next one, and I'll see y'all soon. Peace. Peace. Peace.